Welcome, everybody. You are listening to The Patty G Show. I am your host, Patrick Remion. I've got Brian Rodriguez from Gatorworks on the show tonight to talk about everything that's been happening, where he's going with it, and kind of the inception and creation of the company as a whole. So, Brian, uh, well, give us a little bit about yourself, a little bit of back history. Sure. Yeah, so uh, good evening. Glad to be here. Um, for looking coming. forward to our conversation uh, tonight. Um, so, yeah, I um, I guess the... I don't know how in detail you want me to go. However, in detail so, the story needs okay. to be. Okay, cool. So I'll give you I'll give you the quick overview, and then we can come back and, and look at certain Beautiful. parts of it. So um, so I started GatorWorks um, in the summer of 2001 before going into my senior year of high school in New Orleans. Of high school. Of high school. Okay. So um, obviously very different enterprise back then <laughs> compared to what it is now, but. Um, but basically, when I so if you think about okay, two thousand one, July of two thousand one, um, and the internet at that time, it was pretty pretty different from where we are right now. So, Only um, slightly. yeah, I slightly mean, different. No, no iPhone, no Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, no. or, or any of those things. Yeah, had to hear the the classic. <laughs> that, the, yeah, that's right. Actually, yeah, yeah. So, um, so. So I went to Rummel High School in Metairie, okay. and at the time they were working on uh, on their school's website, and they start and they de- <clears throat> they decided that they wanted to have students um, work on it. So they had a web crew where people that were interested in working on that website would be a part of this group and and help build the school's website. Okay. So so I kind of got involved in that and started to learn how that process worked. And, um, and after a little while, I was like, okay, I kind of, you know, started to kind of learn how, how to work on the web. And, um, and I was kind of interested in computers and things like that. And a friend of mine was also interested and we like tinkering and stuff. So his mom was like, Hey guys, if y'all learn how to do this, what if I try to find some businesses that maybe want websites and you guys can go charge money and build them websites? So I said, okay. So, um, so we started our company. And uh, went to LSU, and right. a year later, my business partner decided he wasn't really interested anymore. He went on to be um, to be a vet, a veterinarian, what? you know, doctor, <laughs> and uh, yeah, quite quite the parallel. It was there. very, a very, very yeah, b- big difference. And then, so then I, I took it over from '02 to '06 um, as okay. a college student at LSU. I really enjoyed uh, kind of the idea of building a business. I enjoyed working with you know, the client, um, I kind of realized very early on that I actually personally was not very good at designing or developing websites. So, um, but I, w- I was much more interested in the sales and the, you know, kind of the pure business side of it. So it's a very simple kind of business model where I would go find the client The you know, the client would pay a certain amount of money. I would have a freelance designer, a freelance developer who were also college students and I would get some money. I'd pay the designer some. I'd pay the developer some. I'd keep some money for myself. We developed the website, and that was that. Was that. So it was a very simple kind of business. Um, and again, if you think about the time, um, it, it was it was really interesting because, you know, I was in college and starting my professional career right at that sort of analog to digital changeover if you you know so to speak so as an example my first year in college i didn't have a cell phone 
Right. You know, so it was like, uh, now, now I was a little late to the game probably. <laughs> I mean, other people had cell phones, I, you know, but, but those years were kind of early 2000s were when that sort of thing was just happening. Right. So, so it's fun to kind of look back on and, and I do kind of remember being an adult and still, you know, being able to compare today's technology to the, a time when um, that didn't exist, you know. Um, so, so anyway, so I, I slowly built the business um, in 2005, um, took on a business partner that owned 40% of the business. So I had 60, he had 40. He was a little bit older than I, than, than I am, um, uh, had more experience, had his hands in some different other unrelated ventures. Um, but he was able to bring some instant kind of legitimacy right. to what we were doing. He was able to bring some instant clients and, and that sort of thing. He was my business partner for the next 10 years. Um, but got out of LSU in 06. So really 06, though, is when if somebody asked me, when did you start the business? You know, I really say 2006. That's when I got out of LSU and that's okay. when it became a full time career. So but why so, not? Why not go with the, the, two, the well, 2002 earlier? Yeah, yeah I mean, I guess it's fair. I, yeah, I um, yeah, I mean, we did work on several projects through those years. Um, the, the good thing about those years, a couple things. Um, one is that I. I was I was young, I was a student at the time. I um, it's almost like I didn't know what I didn't know. Right. I it was it was easy to risk to take on risk because what's the worst thing that could happen? I didn't own anything. <laughs> I didn't have a wife and children like I do now. I you know so it's um, you know it, it was it was easier to make mistakes and be okay with it in those right. early years. Um, it didn't feel like quite as much was at stake. Now, now it quickly became, I mean, once I was out of LSU and this was my career, I'm trying to, I'm trying to build this business. And, um, I mean, the first five years, you know, it was tough. I mean, I was not making much money personally. I mean, right. cash flow, you know, managing cash flow, of course, was always a difficult thing to do. Um, and it was it was a while before it really um, started to see any real success, you know. Okay. I mean, so it was it was a grind for a long time. So, what was the, <laughs> the the average day looking like for you during those early grind years? So, so, so it's weird, you know. When when I think about it, it, it was it was almost like I was living like this double life because <laughs> because. You know, keep in mind those early years, I was in my young 20s. I mean, right, so I was, right. you know, which means that I would want to go out like someone in their young 20s would want to go to a bar. You know, I was a single guy who um, liked to have fun and wanted to do things, you know, but then during the day I was, I had this business that I was trying to run. So it was kind of this weird, you know, I had like my friends socially um, and then you had this busy, you know, you'd put on business Brian hat and try to be, uh, I mean, not to imply that I was like some crazy party or anything like that, right. but, so, so but you know, you walked into a client and they were no, like, hey, no, I saw you last yeah, night dancing no, no, on no. tables. No, I don't want to imply that. <laughs> what are you going to sell me? Here but, today? um, but, but you know, it, it was just, it, it's weird. You know, you just have a certain, uh, maturity or lack thereof when you're 20 years old right, and you're course. kind of balancing that with, with trying to build a professional business and trying to get real companies to pay you money to, to provide a service and stuff. So it's kind of funny to think back on some of those, some of that 
balance there that I tried to create. But um, but all in all, you know, it was there were times that were very rewarding. But like I said, um, I mean, it wasn't until probably. 2011 2012 when i really felt like i had a good grip on things and 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 it was really starting to move in the right direction i mean it was it was very much a hang in there stay focused you know slow and steady growth just try to do a little bit better the next year than you did the year before (laughs) and 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 keep keep at it and um and so i you know it was it was really tough you know, and and like I said, at the time, um, I was OK taking that risk because it's almost like. It, like I said, I didn't own anything. I, it's almost like I had nothing to lose, right. whereas if I had to start all over again, it's like, man, I don't know if I could do You know, if I could do it, it would be it's, it's really it's tough. It tests you mentally. It's like you have to be emotionally tough, mentally tough to uh to get through some of those times and you know those early years you know you're, you're paying employees more than you're paying yourself right you know to, to make sure you keep the doors open and you're able to hire talented people and um so it's you know some people think you know it when you're young and you know i remember my friends would think oh well you own a business well oh well, you must be rich or right. you must be able to do whatever you want you can just sleep in all day and it's like man it's not all rosy. I mean, it's there's certainly really rewarding and awesome parts to it, but right. it's um, it was definitely pretty tough. There were some tough years in there. Yeah. Right. When it's so. a lot of like your friends, you know, especially at that age, when we think of somebody or people around, you know, closer in their lower twenties, when they think of somebody in the business world or an entrepreneur or something like that, they're like, "Oh, this guy's got it made." You know, he's probably in like Cuba or the, or the, <laughs> the islands, just sitting there watching right. the money roll in. Yeah. When the reality of things is, no, for those first early years, you are not sleeping. Yeah. You know, whether it be for a lack of stress or yeah. for a lack of you yeah. know continuing to work, and then yeah. also understanding that you can't, you're not taking paychecks. Yeah. You know, some people like for what you just said, you have to pay your employees sometimes more yeah. than you're paying yourself. For some people, they just say, yeah. no, no way. Like that would. I, yeah. No, I, I would never be able to do that because right. you'd have that owner mentality of I own this thing. It's mine. I should get paid the most. Yeah. But you were able to see like, OK, no. Yeah, I own this, but I own this and I want this to grow. Yeah. So I'm still young. I still have not many you know, responsibilities. No, I don't have a bunch of baggage with me. You don't have like a house or a car note or all this other stuff that people yeah. carry on and they get, which are all great things to get later on in life. But in that startup right. phase and that earlier phase, it's okay. Let's keep things lean and trim as long as we can. Absolutely. And that was, that was huge for our business. So I kept things very lean. I, I very much believed in not putting an unnecessary strain on the business to, to, fund a lifestyle for me personally, I put every bit of what we made back into the business. So in those first five or six years, I remember my health insurance bill was $126 a month. My car note was $209 a month. And I lived for two of the years, I lived with my sister for, and thank you, Lisa. She (laughs) gave me free rent to live with her. Um, but basically, the company would pay me just enough money to pay that car note and that health insurance. And when I had certain things, you know, if I need to put gas in my car, the company would pay me 50 bucks to put gas in my car. It's, so I would, I would only pay myself 
when I knew I had various bills to pay. Right. And that was it. I wasn't, there was no savings. There was no <laughs> retirement. There was no nothing. I mean, it was extremely lean. And nobody, nobody put money into our company either. So I took okay. on a business partner, but his value was in uh, the contacts that he had, being able to drive business to our, you know, to our company, um, uh, the mentorship that he provided and, and those sorts of things. Um, and various resources, he was able to um, provide some office space. So, but there was no real actual cash injection into the company. Right. So, there's no like funding phase where you said, correct. "Hey, we need you know X number of dollars, keep the lights on." It's, that no, is correct. Hey guys, we need like four more clients, or we're gonna have to shut That's down right. next week. <laughs> that is correct. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, I both my parents are school teachers, um, which I've learned a lot from. You know. And uh, work ethic is, you know, one of the biggest things I've learned from them. But they, you know, but I don't come from, you know, it's not like I come from money and I was able to just kind of fund this this business. I mean, right. this was very much bootstrapped of, okay, I'm going to go out and find that client. They're going to pay some money for this project. And hopefully that keeps the doors open long enough to find the next project <laughs> to be able to, you know, to, to keep it going. So, okay. um, so I'll tell you, so to kind of bring us out of, you know, I don't want to make the story sound like the business was like struggling for all this long time. But bring, so, it, bring it out of the dark. Yeah, ages. let me bring it back into more like present day. So, so, um, so a couple of like big things that kind of happened in our business. So, in in the, in July in July of 2011, okay, I hired an outsourced CFO a guy named Renee Shex, uh, Schneider, who has several clients now in the Baton Rouge area, and he. So I met with him once. July of 2011 for about four hours. And I learned more about the numbers and the financial side of our business in those four hours than, you know, four years of college or any, anything previous to that. And I didn't realize, I didn't know what I didn't know about the number size. Unbelievable. And then I proceeded to, you know, so I hired, um, Renee on a contract basis where he would meet with me every single month for about two or three hours and, and sort of go through, I mean, and it started from kind of very rudimentary concepts and then it obviously over time it grew and, um, but he basically taught me the financial side of our business and I met with him every single month for, I think it was about, well, until 2017, fall of 2017. So, so about six years. Yeah, about six years every month without fail. And that was one of the top business decisions I've ever made. Um, I, I, you know, within probably six months to a year, I had a very good grasp of our numbers. And that was huge for us. And um, so that was a big turning point for us. And, you know, I would say probably by about 2013, 2014, I started to see us kind of turning the corner. We, you know, we had at that point survived for, for you know, a number of years, six or seven years. Um, we started to get some name recognition. We started to kind of understand, okay, Let's not make that mistake again. Like we, right. we were starting to kind of learn what works, what didn't work. We learned how to, you know, build build better processes, you know, how to hire better people, you know, th things like that. So it started to kind of come together. By the end of 2014, um, my business partner and I kind of mutually came to an understanding that, you know, he was ready to kind of move on to some other ventures that he was interested in. Um, and we were ready, you know, I was ready to kind of buy him out and take, you know, take ownership of the business, you know, hundred percent free and clear. So we worked a deal right at the end of 14. We actually closed on that March of 15. So March okay. of 2015, I became the hundred percent owner of Gatorworks and, um, 
and that was kind of a, a, a you know, it, the my business partner offered a ton of value in that time, but you know, it, it was time for him to kind of move on. He knew it, I knew it, so it felt a little bit like a weight was off my shoulders. I was then ready to kind of lead the company as the sole, you right. know, owner of the company, and um, so that that was a big you know, moment in time for me personally and for the company. Um, so really, you know, 2015, things are starting to look up. 2016, I finally felt like, okay, I got this thing in a really good spot. You know, the company was profitable. You know, I personally was was making more money than ever before. We had really good, really good team members that were doing great that, you know, I was able to finally pay people you know, what they're worth. And, and, um, we're really building something that we were, we were proud of. Um, in terms of, you know, in terms of the products and services that we offer and our capabilities. So, you know, social media marketing with some sort of targeted display campaign where maybe we're geofencing certain areas, or maybe it's a, um, kind of along the lines of what you were saying, if you're reading a particular article, um, so a lot of the target display stuff is behavioral based. So if you're reading content, um, that our advertiser cares about, mm. then you're intending yourself into an audience that we can then target and show ads to. So, so if our client is a physical therapist mm. and you go online to WebMD and read about how to handle your sprained ankle, then we can pick up on that. And once you leave WebMD and you go to, ESPN.com to read whatever sports thing, we know that you read about your sprained ankle and that you might be the type of person that a physical therapy practice would care about. So then we can show you that ad and then we'll follow you around the internet for 30 days, hitting you over the head with that ad. Okay. And so how do you know when to pick up that one person and target that specific individual that like, let's say, you know, let's follow along that example. So we're at WebND. But as soon as I leave WebMD, am I all of a sudden you're you captured me because of the the the, the search and optimization that you were that I was using? You're like, okay, they're using this, and how do you I guess pick that battle? Like, how do you get more? Like, how do you get company A versus company B for me to see if they're both physical therapists? Yeah. So, um, so when we launch the campaign, we put in a whole bunch of different parameters. So mm-hmm. we'll say, okay, we care about people in the greater Baton Rouge area. Okay. Um, we care about, and then, and then we may upload, um, keywords that are related to the services that we provide. So we may, so if you're a physical therapist, the keywords might be, depending on what they focus on. I mean, maybe it's like back pain, sprained ankle, you know, we put in all these different things that someone that needs a physical therapist may search for or consume content around, um, and, and, you know, so, so we kind of put in the, and then of course there's like the ads themselves. We have to actually design the ads, figure out what's that messaging. Right. Um, you know, think about ads on mobile as well as desktop. And then, um, and, and we basically kind of build out all these different parameters around the campaign. And then when a user on the internet starts to exhibit that behavior, 
that starts to trigger these things. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, there's a guy or a person, we, and this is all anonymized. We don't know who yeah, who you, they you, are, you, of course. You don't want, yeah. you'd have to have an entire fleet of employees yeah. watching one person. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just not. Yeah, this isn't like the NSA or anything. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Y'all aren't so sitting there going, oh, wait, Sally's, she's, she's yeah, doing it, guys. We she's don't doing e- it. Yeah, we don't even have Run access. Run the ad. Run the ad. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, all of this is built on AI, and it's it's all like instant, instantaneous type stuff. So, but when a person in Baton Rouge goes to a website that reads content that fits what we're looking for, um, it's kind of the, the, the system is triggered, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And, and then, um, as that person browses the internet and they go to websites that have the ability to show ads, right. our, our clients ad will start showing up. Same thing on their mobile phone. If they have ads, um, if they have apps with games that have the ability to show ads, we can do that as well. Um, it's, you know, it even works. So the technology is built on a spider that's that's constantly spidering, you know, indexing websites online. So it even works where if if you have that sprained ankle and you go to a physical therapy, a local company physical therapy website that's say a competitor with our with our client. Right. Well, we can even pick up on that and show, okay, he's on he's on a physical therapy website, so we care about him. So as soon as he leaves that physical therapy website and he goes to a website that shows ads, show him our ad. Right. Get you him know? to leave company A and come to company B or vice versa. That's right. That's so right. How is that? Like, let's say company A and company B set up with very similar parameters, as I'm sure a lot of different. I mean, when you're a physical, we'll keep running with the physical therapy. Yeah. Concept. yeah. When you're a physical therapist, you're looking for sprained ankles. You're looking for elbow pain. You're looking sure. for back pain. But if you set up very similar parameters, what is the deciding factor of showing companies A over oh, company gotcha. B? So, so here's the thing: the the inventory is is massive with this. There's some. I mean, there's like what 10, 20 different physical therapy places in Baton Rouge. That's right. And then and then think about the po- all of the possible websites out there that have ads. Millions. So yeah, <laughs> millions. Yeah. So so the short answer is. Um, Two competing companies very much can be going after the same person. Right. And there's actually enough ad space to where the same person could see multiple companies' ads. On like one article. You start scrolling like, oh, company yeah. A. And it's like, oh, whatever, company B. And like, Wait a second. Scroll like that. That's like, what, yeah. What? What? Yeah. I mean, you can end up on some website. You know, you can end up, you know, you can end up on tire droppings reading some article. And you're like, oh, there's physical therapy ad. Oh, there's another physical therapy ad for a different company. You know, the reality is, though, what we found is that not that many companies locally are actually doing this. Okay. So, so the ones that are tend to be the ones that get seen. You know, right. now now that may change for by industry. So, like yeah, auto, yeah, de- yeah. all the auto dealers are doing it. Right. There's so specific industries very much understand this type of marketing and they're doing it but there's lots of there's lots of companies that we talk to where we're the ones that are very that are first introducing these Mm -hmm. concepts to them and uh and it's great well it's great for us because we're we're able to position ourselves as the expert be able to hold their hand teach them how these things work um and then and then there's many times where they're they're the only one in their space doing it here locally so Okay. Yeah. And yeah, of course, that's going to catch on. That's going to evolve and change, but right. at least and, for right and, now. And I guess you know. that, that leads me into my next question of the social media world. So mm-hmm. you've got all the Google ads, you've got all the banner ad placements. 
where do you see in the realm of social media marketing that coming into play? Yeah, so so social media. Because I I know for one, I can't scroll yeah. twice on my phone without seeing ten ads yeah. on like Facebook or Instagram. Now I've yeah. I've gone on my back end of my account and just gotten rid of a lot of that stuff. Right, right. So it's because I was I was tired of it. But yeah, anyways, not everybody does that. Right, right. Yeah. So social media has evolved tremendously over the years and you know i mean it used to be on facebook you can create you know a page for your brand you know for your company right you could post content and most of the people would see it most of your followers and stuff would, would see that content it's super easy if you got 300 friends you're bound to get 300 likes yeah. and 300 visitors yeah. because that's going to be in their news feed right and i mean but now so it's 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 really hard to get any significant kind of exposure unless you're paying facebook um and algorithm. Yeah, algorithm it's just shift. yeah, they've made it really tough um, on advertisers to to you know to gain anything out of it without without paid campaigns. Um, and then Facebook, um, I guess to their I guess they they know what they're doing. I guess to their credit, um, a lot of it's almost like there's consumer level um, ad tools. So like you can create a post and they'll, they'll have their little button boost the post and it's real right. easy and you could just do it real quick and spend a little bit of money and be able to get more exposure. And sure, like that can work. Um, but it's not really, you're not really finding the audience you want. You're not targeting, no. you're not creating a geofence, you're not, you know, no. searching for people that start with the letter S in their first name and, you know, all the way through right, T's. You can get so specific yeah. and it's like, you know, people from age 15 to 35 I want to find. That's but right. more importantly, yeah. I want to find them in mid-city. Yeah, and I want to run a, yeah. a Mid City Beer Garden ad, right, on their Facebook page, right, right. So that yeah, so Facebook has kind of their separate business ad manager tool um, that agencies like ours will use, and many other marketing agencies, and and it does give you definitely a a, a better set of tools to kind of hone in that targeting and and try to you know get a better return on it, right. Um, and we found that I mean, there's definitely a role that social media can play. It can be successful um, in different ways, um, but we have a number of clients where you know if if there's a a finite budget, which there always is. There's always a um, <laughs> it's like endless money here. <laughs> there's always you room know, in the budget, <laughs> right? So we we tend to kind of steer money in other ways. Okay. So like our geofencing um, that we're able to do is you know we can drop any shape on a map. So think about a Google map, you know, and say, um, let's see, let's say that you have a restaurant, you know, and so you just open a restaurant. You now want to geofence other restaurants that are in a similar genre that you would compete with. Right. So let's say you open a pizza joint and you want to, so now you want to geofence all the other pizza restaurants in town. So that way people that are going into those pizza stores know that you exist so the way it would work is we go through there and say okay red zeppelin we draw our little geofence very specifically around just where red zeppelin is if you and it's accurate within eight feet of either side of the line that we draw so that means we can exclude perkins road we can exclude the area behind you can take, red you can zeppelin, take the bulldog take off it of the red zeppelin. out of there yeah exactly and just get red zeppelin then we can go to you know schlitz and do the same thing we can go to you name, you know, every pizza place in town. 
and get just that area. Anybody that walks into that area, as long as they have the smart, a smartphone in their pocket, we can capture, so to speak, that person. Uh, they're basically intending themselves into an audience that we then follow. So, All bec- because of their social... Because is it social or is it smartphone based? No, it's smartphone based. So okay. it's based on their smartphone. Um, as long as location services is turned on, which most people it is if you're using Google Maps or Uber or, or a weather app, as long as one app on your phone has location services on, we can capture that person. Then what we can do is in real time, if they were to browse the internet, it's possible they may see our ad for the new pizza restaurant that we're advertising. Right, right. But more importantly, when they leave the restaurant, we have them for the next 30 days. So when they go to browse the internet, they'll start seeing the ad for our pizza client. Um, a certain percentage of those people, we can cross-device match the phone back to their computer and other devices in the household, which now allows us to show ads on those other devices that they use. Right. Um and then a really cool feature is that if that same person goes to our restaurant, we can track that as a conversion. So we have okay. another geofence at our own place, our client's pizza place. Right. And when they enter, we can track how many times that, you know, how many that, times person, that individuals yeah. come in. That's right. And then you can really give the metrics to the consumer, to the, to the company, the pizza hut and be like, or the pizza place. I'm sorry. Right. And be like, hey, you know, pizza company. This is we've 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 been able to see that we have thirty percent of people that go into pizza places they come to yours yeah and then once they go to yours we have a forty percent return rate that's right and yeah. so it's like so clearly wherever this one the way we have our ads and the metrics set up we're working for you yes okay and so do you see yeah. within that you know I know a lot of people. They worry about like security, and obviously mm-hmm. we established sure. it earlier. You don't have the little people right. with the glasses so, reading. That's it's right. All aut- autonomous. You can't go and find where I was. No. Four days ago at whatever place. No. And then no. track we, me from there. No. No. We have no access. To it. We do not have access to that data. So, so we we only know how many devices were captured, and then, um, and then we'll know, you know how many times we showed the ad. So how many impressions did we serve of your ad? Right, right, right. To that group? As every ad does. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then we'll know how many people entered your restaurant in that given time period. But and then, and then of course how many times the ad was clicked. Yeah. You know, yeah. Th- those the sorts of metrics. Rates and yeah, but we do not know anything about the consumer. So we don't yeah. know if it's uh male, female, ages certainly not names or anything like that so yeah. it's all of that's anonymous yeah yeah and i think that's yeah. i have seen a lot of a lot of people a lot of the more advanced generations have a concern about that yeah. because that's well to me if you're going to place an ad you know when i walk by a billboard I'm like oh i see that ad but you don't know if i'm seeing that ad that's but right i can tell you how many people walk by that billboard that's right i can tell you how many people are seeing that but i can't say oh yeah john smith and Angelina and Snow over here, they both saw that ad, and then they went over here. Yeah. But it's like, oh, but of that group, some of them came here in your place. And I think that's kind of really cool to... I like the back end of advertising and the back end of all that. Yeah. Now, of course, like... Like we can't control people's eyeballs to like actually look... (laughs) Actually look at at the screen. You know what I mean? So like, of course, like in any advertising, there's going to be some level of, of waste, you know? So if you're running the billboard... Of course, they're going to give you traffic counts of like, this right. is how many eyeballs probably see your billboard. But like, they can't force, obviously, somebody in their car to look up at the billboard. 
same with a print ad. Like, they can estimate, okay, this is how many people we think are seeing it. But, like, we can't control whether or not a person flipped the page, looked at the ad, and actually resonated with them, you know? But what's powerful about this advertising is that it's brand awareness, but it's still extremely targeted. Like, the only people that have the, even have the ability to see this pizza ad are the people that went to other pizza restaurants in, right. in this example. So, so it's, you know, at least we're, we're narrowing that target to people that we think would be more likely to do business with you. Um, unlike a billboard where it's just the masses, yeah. you know, it's people it's, driving through town that don't even live here that would never become your customer. Right. You're you going to have, you know, how many truckers come through the, come through, right. You know, I ten right there, and how many of them are really going to exit at Perkins and right. go to a place on the overpass? That's right. No, yeah. if they come back and visit, maybe. But right, but yeah, the yeah. Amount, the percentage of that is so low it doesn't even matter. So yeah. okay, yeah. we're going to start kind of wrapping up yeah, the show for sure. now. With being in Baton Rouge, and you all are right off of Government Street. I was actually just at this one hundred seven three studio last week, meeting with somebody. Yeah, yeah, there. yeah, for sure. Um, how do you how do you see that environment that ecosystem happening down there? Like, is it booming? We grow. So, how are we looking? Yeah, for sure. So, um, so and, and just to clarify, so so Guarantee Corporation mm-hmm. and the radio side and some of the other ventures, we actually um, Jay Dakota and Jay, and and all of his businesses are actually part of our family of, of companies as well. Yeah, Jay's coming yeah, on go- in a couple of weeks. Actually, awesome. Okay, awesome. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Brian Haldane coming on. Oh, great. Okay, so you're making the rounds. On. I'm I'm making the rounds. Fantastic. So everybody, I at Guarantee it. watching. You could be next. I <laughs> love it. I love it. Well, um, so all of those guys are in that building on Government Street. Gatorworks actually has a separate office on, um, well, it's like North Harrells Ferry, so it's I-12 in Sherwood. Okay. So um, so we built out um, about 3,000 square feet there, uh, moved in in like spring of 18, and then we're actually building out a whole another 3,200 square feet oh, wow. uh, right now, actually. That'll be ready around May time. So we're actually out there. Okay. Now, you know... But of course, I'm on Government Street all the time in that building working right. with all those guys. Right. So we're, we have a presence there. You know, I'm sure you've seen our sign out front. So we're still very much a part of that. Um, you know, I'll say in general, you know, I think being in Baton Rouge has been exciting. I know that the city has its problems, but I think every city has its problems. Right. Um, I see a lot of opportunity, a lot of opportunity for, for young entrepreneurs to start a business here. Um, and... You know, I remember like when I was in college, I remember that there was like, there was a hurricane and we had a couple of days off and my sister brought me downtown and I was like, and I, I guess, I don't know, I was young. I'd never been to Baton Rouge downtown and I didn't right. really know what to expect. But what I saw, I was like, man, where's the downtown? Like, where am I? Like, what is this? <laughs> where, 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 you know? Where are we at? Yeah. And that was, so that was like early 2000s. Um, to see that evolve since then, I think has been very exciting to see mid city evolve in the way that it has oh, it's blowing is up. super exciting. I mean, so I'm very hopeful with, uh, with the direction things are going and, you know, um, I'm very positive. I know there's, there's things that you can complain about. I, I think there's, there's a lot to be, um, excited about. So I love that. Yeah. Okay. So two bullet points of lessons you've learned along the way that you're so grateful you did? Yeah, so one thing is that um, slow and steady, I think, really does win the race, you know? You've been around since, you know, 06, Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I mean, just um, 
being focused on one thing has has served me very well and being able to i know there's lots of you know entrepreneurs where it's tempting to kind of dabble in a whole bunch of things and start this business and start this other business on the side and i'm not saying that's wrong and that certainly could work for people many other people right but i know like for me focusing on just gatorworks and really going all in and being patient was very helpful being very patient um, I think, I think on the leadership side, and and I have two leaders in particular at GatorWorks that um that have teams under them and and are, are um bring a ton of value to our company and are, are you know very integral to our success. And between the three of us, and then of course the leadership at Guarantee and what they provide, I think there's a common piece that's really important and that has been successful for us, and that's what I would call um, a vulnerability mm. of, of leadership. So right. I think we're we're all very willing to admit when we're wrong, and we're all very open to to changing our perspective when when necessary. Like right. you know, to to be able to to be able to have someone say, "No, Brian, I disagree with you," and for me to genuinely listen and be open to changing my mind i think is is pretty powerful and that's that's huge you know and there's and, and it's it's the same with the other key people in our company and it's it's been pretty great and then and then another piece that's related to that would i would say would be transparency so mm-hmm. we're a very transparent company as a whole um outwardly with our clients and the way that that we deliver our services but then inwardly to our team, we're extremely transparent. So we share all the numbers with our team. They know where they stand, where, where the company stands, where maybe they personally may fit into the whole. Um, so just having a transparent approach, I think, has has served us very well. That's, um, a, that's incredible. I think yeah. that's that's a great valuable tool to have, not only in a big company or a little, a s- small-ish, I mean, 20 employees. Yeah. Oh, Some yeah. people consider small. it a small yeah. company. You yeah. Know, being able to, because you yeah. can at that level. At that level, you yeah. can be so open. You can be so transparent that For it's sure. huge that everybody feels like they're an important member of the yeah. team. And it's trying to maximize and capture that and then apply it once you start scaling out to where you just, that two those 20 yeah. people become 200 people. Sure. You know, and it's maintaining that really leads to great success for larger companies. Yeah. So uh, one more question or two more questions. Actually, but one yeah. one is, was there a moment in time that you just knew what you were doing was different and was going to be where you are now? Oh, man. <laughs> it's, a so- <laughs> it's a tough one. We'll be right back after the short commercial. Yeah, break. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, I think, um, I think I've always been hungry. You know, I've always pushed to get better, which is which at some sometimes can be not good. You know, because because you do have to celebrate the wins and sit right. back and be like, okay, let's you know let's let's stop moving the goalposts here. Let's celebrate that. Okay, we actually did meet our goal. Right. Um, but. So, so with that in mind, I think it's always been difficult to say, oh, you know, we got this figured out, you know? So reality is, you know, we, we don't have it figured out. Like we've yeah. come a long way. We're a lot better today than we were even last year. Certainly better than we were five years ago or 10 years ago. 
Um, but I think it's also really dangerous to think that you've made it. You know, I think the moment our leadership starts to think we got this figured out, we're really successful and, you know, we're good. That'll be our the start of the decline, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. So we, we all try to stay humble and try to mm-hmm. stay like, okay, had a great year. How do we improve? How do we, you know, now with that said, I think over the years, there's certainly moments where it's like, okay, I'm not going to go bankrupt. <laughs> like this we, thing is. We, we may not have made it, but you know, we don't right. have to worry about. It's, we, have, we went from a month to now we have two years before sure. the lights go out. Sure, sure. You know, I mean, I think like in twenty in the spring of 2016, you know, we, we had a big party downtown to celebrate 10 years in business. And that was a moment of like reflection for me and like a moment to, to kind of pause and celebrate and be excited for what we have what we had achieved and and things like that so i so i think there are like marks in time where i can say like okay yeah like i remember thinking to myself like huh okay you know we got over the hill um we we have figured out to you know how to provide consistent value to clients still got a lot more work to do but but we're on a good path so so i think there's definitely some moments there where you know um that I can look back on. I think that would be one of them is, you know, spring of 16 feeling like, okay, it's been 10 years. It, we're on a good, a good path. Right. You know, we're on a good, good trajectory yeah. from here. There's only up. Yeah. Know, we're, we're, we're outside of that. Oh gosh, we could close doors. Right. In, you know, right. a week. So right. I think, I think that's great. Um, and the final question is, is there anything that I can do to help you or maybe even the viewers can do to help you, just achieve your next goal and just keep you going? Wow, that's a great question. Um, so, you know, one of, so one of our biggest challenges right now is that, you know, we're, we're scaling the business very quickly. Right. Um, we're looking for talented people to join our team. So part of, part of the way that part of what we need is talented people to stay in Baton Rouge, you know? So uh, I think, yeah, so yeah, say that, say that. This yeah. Way. So, so, so we so they, need they, you, they can, they can see you know, if you're graduating from LSU, there is more opportunity here if you look for it. Um, right. And, and I think you're already helping by having this show. I mean, I think you're showing, you know, people out there that um, there's a lot of really cool things happening it's, in this city. it's everywhere you know, you know it's my, my ads are all over the place because i'm all yeah. over the place talking with different people yeah. and just trying to say hey what about baton rouge is so great and just show people constantly and reminding them of reasons to stay absolutely and it's you know like you said there's so much opportunity out there yeah you know y'all are looking for people so many other companies are looking for great yeah. people and everyone says well it's hard to find people to work there because they leave they, yeah. they graduate. I mean, I couldn't tell you how many people in my class at LSU. Like, sure. Oh, yeah. Once we leave, once yeah. we graduate here, we're off and we're yeah. out. I'm like, why? Why yeah. are you going to leave Baton Rouge, a place that's so young and so vibrant, that's yeah. so ready to take? It's just waiting for some for talent to come in yeah. and just explode the place. So be Absolutely. a part of that talent. Absolutely. That's what I always remind people of. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah. So keep doing this show so that way you can record that talent, spread, you know, all the great people that are in our, in, you know, in our community share it on social media and, and, um, and give people, you know, maybe, maybe remind people 
of all the, the, the great things that are happening here and give them a reason to stay, you know? So, right. well, thank yeah. you. Uh, thank you so very much. Yeah. Thank you for having me for yeah, coming on the great. show. I appreciate it. I had man. a great it's, time. Thanks so much. Yeah. It's, it's a blast. It's a little yeah. different than, uh, what some people do and such. It's, it's fantastic. I love it. But yeah. thank you for coming on the show and for, for everybody watching, thank you so very much for taking the time or listening for taking the time out of your very busy day to give the show a listen and to give the show a watch. I greatly appreciate it as well as the guests that come on. And today we've got Brian Rodriguez of Gator Works on. And so, yeah, the, like the page, share the show, subscribe, subscribe to the show and check out Gator Works for all your needs or employment needs. If you're looking Absolutely. for a job and you're young and talented. Um, so I am your host, Patty G, here with Brian Rodriguez of Gatorworks, signing out. Thanks. Have a great Thank day. You.